Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. So I picked scale for my word of 2023. Did you pick something? I did. First of all, I love your word. Um, I picked Phoenix. Phoenix is my word for 2023. Oh, I love Phoenix because you're rising from the ashes of... (laughs) (laughs) the last year but that is such a good word i love the word phoenix a little on the nose but i'll take it oh i love it Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're going to talk about our team motto for 2023. Woohoo! I'm so excited about this. And then we've got a take two on 2022 and a craft and fame on pitch visuals. Finally, this week, we have a reading Hollywood hack. But first, we have an update, and this is really pressing because it's coming up very soon. This is your weekly reminder that Fantasy Island Season 2 premieres on Monday, January 2nd at 8 p.m. 7 Central. Yes, we are so excited. Please watch. It's great if you watch that night. If you don't watch it that night, it's available the next day on Hulu. And those numbers really matter. It does help us out if you watch the show as close to when it airs as possible. Yes, and feel free to record it on the night, watch it, and then watch it again. Yes. (laughs) And Sarah, for anyone who hasn't seen season one or wants to refresh season one, it's available on Hulu. Um, You can rewatch that and then go right into season two. Oh, I'm just so excited. I love this season. I love it so much. I really, (laughs) it just delights me. Totally. Every episode. Okay, now that we've patted ourselves on the back. Well, our cast is amazing. Give it up to the cast. Yes, sincerely. Could not be more incredible. Okay, so let's dive into From the Treadmill Desks of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it is our team motto for 2023. Yes. So, Sarah, let's first remind everyone of our 2022 motto, 
which you came up with, which was what would Dolly do 2022? Yes. And I mean, I don't know, Liz, did we live up to that motto? What would Dolly do? I mean, that's we set a high bar for ourselves. I know we really did. (laughs) Well, I think we did stick up for ourselves some, which is something that Dolly always does. She sticks up for herself. Yes. Didn't give millions to find a vaccine. No, we we failed to do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We certainly didn't do our, our hair and makeup every day the way the Dolly does. No, no. But in general, we definitely kept that motto at the forefront of our minds. Like I have a little notepad that says, what would Dolly do that sits on my desk? So it's there. What did you do, Liz? Did you have any kind of visual reminders? Yes. I also have a pad of paper that says Dolly on it. (laughs) Um, I believe one of our listeners sent it, Sarah. (gasps) Yes. And um, then Kareen, one of our best friends who we're always talking about on the podcast, gave us each a Dolly-themed Christmas present. She gave, you know, I'm a mug person. I love a mug. Yes. And she gave me a mug that says Cup of Ambition, which of course is one of the great lines from the song Nine to Five. Yes. I'm going to have to get myself one of those mugs. I'm not so much a mug person, but that is like divine. I love that. Mm-hmm. And then Kareen sent me a Dolly Parton advent calendar, which I have <laughs> to tell you, 24 days of like Dolly Parton joy. It has been so amazing. Yeah, the thing about the Dolly motto, Sarah, is that it made us happy every time we thought about it. Yes, it truly did. I don't know if we lived up to Dolly, but we certainly got joy from the motto, which is, I guess, part of the Dolly spirit. So maybe we did live up to it. Yes, we we were uplifted by it. That's for sure. We were. So, of course, now 2023 is upon us. We need a new motto. We had a lot of discussion about what this would be. We actually went to lunch and went hiking and and talked about the year ahead of us and what we saw coming and what we wanted to keep top of mind. Yes, and I think we're anticipating a pretty challenging year. For a multitude of reasons, we're obviously hoping for a Fantasy Island Season 3. We'll also be writing a pilot at the same time, we hope. And then, I mean, if we don't get a Fantasy Island Season 3, that would really suck. So then it will be a hard year in a different way. (laughs) Yes. And then, Sarah, one of the things that we're really aware of as a possibility is that there could be a writer's strike. Yes, and possibly even a director's strike or yes. maybe a joint strike. Who knows? But yes. it's I think everyone who works in entertainment is anxious about it. Yes. Um, and then work aside, Sarah, Jack just turned 13. So now I have an actual teenager. So I don't know, you know, <laughs> they say that can be hard. So I'm bracing myself for the teenage years now. I've heard that. But then I also got a book that's like, yay, you have a teenager. So I'll share that with you, Oh, Liz. good. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so these are all the things that we were kind of mulling as we thought about our motto Like one thing we thought of was calm in chaos. That was one possibility. Oh, yeah. We decided that was too boring. Like you can't follow up what would Dolly do 2022 with calm and chaos. (laughs) 
Exactly. Well, we would forget that one very quickly, I think. Yes. And then we thought maybe it should rhyme, because this year's motto, we loved that it rhymed. Yeah, so we considered Go With Glee 2023. Again, because we know it's going to be a hard year, we thought, well, let's, let's go into a hard year with Glee. But we didn't think it quite captured it. So then we were talking about, Sarah, and, and, and this kind of had a little bit of an evolution, be Thelma and Louise, because you and I are this, like, team of ladies out there tackling what comes our way. Yes, and not robbing convenience stores, I want to be clear. That's, no. that's not part of our agenda. No. <laughs> but, yeah, and that's such a seminal movie for us, and it's such an amazing movie. So it it has the same sense of like it's really evocative for both of us. Yes, well it's sort of like it's fun because you're driving in a convertible and you're on a road trip, but also it's dangerous, the stakes are high. You don't know what's going to happen next. You just kind of have to rely on each other. The literal ride or die, Sarah, uh, Thelma (laughs) and Louise are ride or die. Uh Of course, for those who don't know, though, Thelma and Louise ends with them driving off into a canyon to their certain death. So we didn't want to, you know, (laughs) go for that. We thought maybe that was a glitch in this particular motto. Yes, But we loved the idea so much, we decided that our motto for 2023, our team motto, is going to be alt-ending Thelma and Louise. That's right. (laughs) Thelma and Louise with a happy ending. That's us in 2023. Yes. No driving off a cliff. So, Sarah, I think this is going to be a fun one. I do, too. And, of course, maybe I'll have to get a Thelma and Louise poster. Oh, yes. Or, oh, my gosh. You know, Thelma and Louise bobbleheads. I mean, there's going to be a lot of Thelma and Louise merch out there for us to yes. um, get to remind us. Oh, so This is going to make me so happy. Yes. And, you know, I hope that instead of this crazy um, adventure that, you know, it ends up being a smooth ride. But... Something tells me it's going to be quite a year. Yes, agreed. Although smooth ride sounds nice. Listen, if it's a smooth ride and we're Thelma and Louise, we'll be rocking it. Yes. Love a smooth ride. Don't anticipate (laughs) one. Don't anticipate one. No. (laughs) All right. Coming up, we're going to look back on 2022. But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Sarah, it's time for take two. Usually in take two, we revisit a past segment, but today we're going to revisit the past year. How was 2022? What did we learn? How did we do? What are our thoughts? Wow. I mean, 2022 was like, all things, all the good things, all the bad things. I don't know that I've had such an eventful year, maybe ever. Wow. What about you? I think it it was definitely not as dramatic for me as it was for you. For me, I would say, yeah, professionally, it was probably the best year of both of our lives. Yes, agree. Personally, for me, I'd say it was kind of a um, just status quo. It, nothing horrible happened. It was good. For you, though, it was tough. It was tough, but it's interesting because it was brutal at the beginning of the year, but it's been like a steady climb back into good over the course of the year. So I feel like where I was a year ago versus where we are now is like, two totally different worlds. So that's what I'm hoping, like I I am hoping to carry that trajectory into 2023. Oh, good. Yeah, it's funny because 2022 was really coming out of the pandemic, right? I mean... I mean, yes and no, but yes. (laughs) Yes and no. And I think kind of the pandemic lesson to me for 2022 is that the... uh, implications of sort of everyone having stayed at home and what we all went through are going to carry forward maybe more than I thought they would. Yes, I think that has been a challenging lesson of this year and that it's not really going to be over for a very long time. Like yeah. that, just the psychological toll that it's taken on everyone globally, we're different than we were. Yeah. And it's like, you can't just not go to school and then suddenly go back to school and and you're where you were and things are as they would have been. That's just not the case. And for us, we used to go to an office every day, as we discuss all the time. And now that's all different. And we have to adjust to that and, and learn how to deal with that. And, you know, a lot of people's relationships were tested in ways that some people ended up stronger and some people split up. So there's all these implications. And then for kids, the social development. So it's like the, the COVID itself is one thing. And then everything else is this whole other soup. Yes. That we're still dealing with. Yes. So I guess maybe we need to be, need to acknowledge that 2022 was really like a bridge year. Yes, it really know? was a transition year. It's funny, in, in television, we talk about filler episodes, you know, where <laughs> big something big is going to happen in a storyline, but like it can't happen yet, so you have a filler episode. And in some ways, <laughs> 2022 was a filler year, not for us professionally, but in many other ways. Yes. I will say that I'm really glad 2022 is over, even though professionally, 
It was so great. I feel like we worked with so many amazing people. We had such a positive experience on season two of Fantasy Island, aside from how incredibly hard it always is and and the repeated COVID disasters. But creatively, it felt so good. Yeah, I think what's interesting is every year for the last like three years, everyone's been like, I'm so glad 2020 is over. I'm so glad 2021 is over. Now it's I'm so glad 2022 is over. But Let's hope 20, and we've just had a whole segment about how 2023 is going to be a really hard year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yay. <laughs> yay. <laughs> but uh, 2024 is going to be amazing. I'm going to love 2024. It's yeah. going to be the best. <laughs> anyway, we'd love to hear from listeners about your thoughts on 2022. Are you glad it's over? Do you agree with us that it felt in some ways like a filler year? What are your thoughts on 2023? We'd love to know what headspace everyone's in. Yes. Okay, Liz. It is time for the craft and fame in which we discuss the craft of writing because writing is an art, yes, but it is also a craft. Okay, so today we're going to talk about visuals for pitches, specifically Zoom pitches. Yes. So as we have talked about many times, a pitch is when we go in to sell a show. We were talking about in the last episode that we sold our uh, latest pitch in the Zoom room. And what's interesting is that a lot of what we do in pitches has changed since the pandemic. Speaking of the pandemic, this is one of the things impacted by it. Yes. So pre-pandemic, We would do all of this prep, write up our pitch. It was a lot of memorizing or partial memorizing so you can maintain eye contact with the people that you're pitching to and note their reactions and keep them engaged. And we were all in a room and it was not just us, but also producers that we're working with, anyone else who is involved in the project and the studio comes. Yes, and sits kind of on that side of the room with you. And then there are the network executives sitting across, looking with notebooks and writing things down as you're pitching. And it's a very, and you like fully get dressed up and makeup and the whole thing. And it's a very sort of communal effort. And then you give this performance performance that you're hoping they respond to. Yes. And then we would also usually almost always bring a visual element. Yes. But one of the things that would drive us bonkers is that it would look like an elementary art project a lot of the time. I mean, best case scenario, a middle school art project. Okay. Yes. Like we would have big boards and we would cut out like actor photos to give people an idea of, okay, this type of person for this character. And we would have them glued or taped to the board with a character name also taped to the board, some sort of central image with the name of the show. And it was always, I don't know, they they just never turned out that great. I will say one time we had the studio made an actual poster of the show when we pitched a show called American Beauties, which we sold and wrote twice, but never (laughs) has gotten made yet. And they did like a poster, like this is what would be, you know, on the billboard. And that was really cool. But usually the visuals weren't fantastic. Yeah. And you feel like such a dork walking in with yes. these carrying, giant poster boards. Yes, <laughs> so carrying it in. Like, oh, my gosh. Propping it up. Yes. yes. Oh, my goodness. And then when you're pitching, also, there are always other writers 
in like the waiting area waiting to pitch. So they're, we're all like assessing each other's silly oh boards. <laughs> it's just yes. so bad. Well, and what's funny is a lot of times there would be a comedy pitch and a drama pitch at the same time. So it'd be like yes. the comedy people across and like with their thing and us with our <laughs> thing. And oh my goodness. So <sighs> now we do it all on Zoom. And the visual element has really kind of evolved. Yes, it's really stepped up, I would say, and become a lot more important. And honestly, like a lot more fun and cooler. Yes, it's more work for us usually because now what we do is really create, I guess, what you'd call a slideshow. Yeah. And we pick photos and we'll sort of get into that more. But the idea is we pick the photos we want and there we have marked in our script, I'll call our pitch, a script, where mm -hmm. we want them to go. And then usually an assistant will be in charge of clicking through the photos as we pitch. Yeah, it's too much for us to click through and pitch. So we always have that one person who's yeah. responsible for doing that. So it's not... We're not distracted. Yeah. And then what they do is a screen share so that the majority of whatever screen people are looking at is on these photos. And we are just little boxes um, in the corner, which I like being smaller. Absolutely. I mean, one thing, it takes the pressure off of our need to memorize. We really yes. don't need to remember it all. We want to be able to look up, but... Like, no one's really looking at us. They're looking at our images. Yes. So we have our, usually we have our um, iPad in front of us, in front of the computer. So the other people don't even see the iPad, but we have the pitch in front of us. So it really works well. And then going through the photos, like finding the photos definitely puts us in a mood, Sarah. It really does. I guess we should say the first thing we do is write the pitch. Yes. And then we go through the pitch and say, these are all the places where we should have an image. And we try not to be on one image for too long so that people aren't just looking at a pretty picture that says teaser for a really long time. We try to kind of keep things moving visually. But yeah, picking the pictures helps us clarify certain things about the show. Like the tone. Like the, it's like, it's hard because I want to talk about the project that we just pitched. So I'm trying to like avoid doing that. But for Fantasy Island, for example, we had a lot of beautiful pictures of oceans and beaches. And then we had, because magical realism is a big part of the show, we had kind of surreal, magical realism images yeah, just to create that tone and that mood. Yes. And then, Sarah, another thing we do is find photos to represent each character. So say for Fantasy Island, let's say Rosalind Sanchez was our, um, our example of like, hey, in an ideal world, Rourke would be played by Rosalind Sanchez. We don't just find a photo of the actor, in that case, Rosalind. We would find a photo of her that we felt said something about the character. Yes. If we could find something of her in a white suit, we would pick that. <laughs> yes. And that's really kind of the hardest part. I mean, we will spend hours and hours and hours scrolling through Google Images looking for the actor, yes, but also, yeah, the picture that really captures 
the character. Right. And I mean, it's hard because they also have to be really good pictures. You can't have someone on a red carpet, for example. You don't want that background. It has to look like a cool picture with them in the world or sometimes they're like fashion shoots if the character is like fabulous. Yes. It just really depends on the character. And we'll look through their Instagram feeds for photos as well. Yes. And if we can't find the right photo of an actor, we'll just find a different actor because we don't want to just have the wrong photo because it just kind of kills the mood. Absolutely. And then we always have heading photos and they're, I would say they're centered around a theme and the headings that we have, I think for our most recent pitch, because every network has a particular structure that they want. So in this case, what did we start with? Well, we had a quote. One thing we often like to do is start our pitch with a quote. So we had a quote written on a beautiful photo that was evocative of the theme of the show. And then we had some other pictures, but we would have, we had teaser, we had pilot. Yeah, season one arc, sample episodes. The future. I think that was it for the headings, right? And then within those, we would go to different photos that made sense. Yes, like pictures of the locations that we're talking about. There's a set piece near the end of the pilot episode. We showed a picture of that location. You just go through your pitch and go, okay, here's a good place for a photo so that people can really see what we're talking about. Yeah, and I will say it doesn't have to be a hundred photos. You don't want so many no. that the executives are constantly like trying to catch up to the next photo. It's kind of a balance. You don't want one photo on for too long, but nor do you want to go too quickly because then it just becomes all about the photos. You want to make sure people are really listening to you. And Sarah, one reason I think this actually evolved into this in the Zoom rooms was because executives understandably were worried that people's attention wouldn't be as focused on Zoom as it was in person. I mean, simply because in Zoom, you can sort of pretend to pay attention and be doing something else, whereas it's very hard when someone's literally sitting across from you in a room (laughs) to start texting. Not that that hasn't happened. Right, exactly. Not that we haven't had people fall asleep in a pitch, (laughs) but these visuals really help keep everyone's attention on what's happening. Yes. So I guess that's our take on pitch visuals for Zoom. A lot of people are using the term pitch deck, which we think of as something more as a document that you send to someone to try to get them interested in your project, like to a writer or a producer. Not necessarily so much a network, like it's not a an actual pitch. So we're differentiating between a pitch deck, which is a different thing, and then the visuals for a pitch over Zoom. And I have to say, I really like this. Like the excitement of selling in a Zoom room is not as great, but the pitch itself, I think, really comes to life pitched this way. Yes, I agree. Um, You can present the best vision of your show, the one where there's no budget and you can just do whatever you want. (laughs) Exactly. And I do think, Sarah, for anyone out there listening who's going to pitch, I do think at this point, you've got to have this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Every single pitch. Yeah. It's a must. And it has to be good. Yes. This is not something you can throw together in an hour. 
I mean, this takes time. Yeah. And you luckily have a great eye for photos. You're really good at finding them. So that's good for me. Thank you for that. Oh, well, thank you for the compliment. But I wanted to also say we subscribe Mm. to a photograph website. I don't know how to explain it, but where you can use their photos for free. You pay monthly for this service, and then you can use their photos. They're all cleared, and the artist gets paid and all of that. So ours is Unsplash, and they have some really, really great photos, and we use those a lot in our pitches. Absolutely. Okay, Sarah, coming up, we have a reading Hollywood hack, but first, this break. Okay, Sarah, it is time for this week's Hollywood hack, which is read a book that you've been putting off reading. Yes, I feel like we all have that book that's just been sitting on our bookshelf for a really long time that we really want to read, but for whatever reason, we haven't read it. Mine (laughs) is The Joy Luck Club by Amy Tan. It came out in 1999, Liz. Okay, so you've had a good uh, 20 years for this one. (laughs) Yes, and I swear it has been sitting on my bookshelf that entire time. And I always feel like, oh, there will be a great time to read this book. (laughs) I'm going to wait until that time. And I finally was just like, screw it. I am going to read this book. (laughs) And it was so great. So one, I have like this incredibly enjoyable experience of having finally (laughs) read this book and the like relief of not having (laughs) that weighing on me anymore. Yes. I love the Joy Luck Club. Oh, so beautiful. And it features Mahjong, which of course we love, Sarah. Yes. Okay. So Sarah, for me, this book is Alaska by James Mishner. Now, one of my all-time favorite books is Hawaii by James Mishner. Yes. And then during the pandemic, you were in Minnesota and you said, oh, I'm propping my computer up on Alaska (laughs) by James Mishner. And I was like, it's very large. It's a very (laughs) thick book. And I was like, oh my gosh, he wrote a book called Alaska. I must read this because I love Hawaii so much. And I ordered it immediately and I can't wait to read this. And I took it to Puerto Rico and we went to Puerto Rico for four months because I'm like, this will be perfect (laughs) at night. I'll lay in bed and read Alaska. Oh, silly you. (laughs) Silly me. I've taken it so many places. I still have not read it. And it's not like I feel that I need to read it. Like you read War and Peace, which I put in the category of feel that I should read. I want to read Alaska. I actively desire to consume this book. So that I was thinking, well, why haven't I? Now, one, I will say it is very long. It feels like such a commitment. Like when I read The Stand by Stephen King, which I just happened to read a month before COVID hit. Oh, my gosh. It was my whole life. All I thought about and wanted to do was read The Stand. And I so I feel like that could happen again with Alaska. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. But I should just do it. <laughs> yes. Remember, one of our work from home segments was read for 20 minutes over lunch, which also encouraged me, by the way, to ah. read The Joy Luck Club finally. So just, I mean... In- <laughs> Reading 20 minutes over lunch with Alaska it might take you until the next century. Yes. <laughs> but it, it'll get you engaged. Yes. Then I'll read more. That's the thing. When you read a little, yeah. you tend to read a lot. 
And it, it will feel so good to have read that book. Like you're saying, it feels so good that you read The Joy Luck Club finally. Yes. And I feel like everyone has that book, you know, that's been sitting on their shelf that they really want to read. And for whatever reason, you haven't read it yet. So that's this week's hack. Just it feels so good to read it. Just pick that book up, listen to it on Audible. Just it's time. Sarah, I'm dying to know what book our listeners have been putting off reading that they really want to read. This isn't something you should read. This is something you yes. want to read. So email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Tell us what you're going to read. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We'd love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please follow us if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram, at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts. Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing from Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kay Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Spain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Sarah, you know what else I have on my shelf? What? Is Dune. Oh. Which I know I would love Dune if I got into it. So that's out there for me. Okay. I feel like I read that. I read that ages ago. And, and then watched the movie mainly because Sting was in the movie. Yes. <laughs> you and I went together, didn't we? To the Plaza Theater. Oh, yeah, I bet we did. Oh, my gosh. Does that theater still exist? No, it's gone. Aww. From the Onward Project.